Hey, everybody, this is Adam Alexander from NASCAR on Fox. You're listening to the Front Stretch Podcast with Brian Nolan. Like he says it every day in the words of Pat McAfee. Hello, beautiful people. Yes, folks, this is the Front Stretch Podcast. I'm not Pat. My name is Brian Timothy Dale Nolan, and this is the new era of the Front Stretch Podcast. This week on the program, we've got a big name guest, and then we've got a big name co-host. Double initials for both of them. Adam Alexander, double A from Fox Sports, will be joining us. He'll be coming on to preview and just give us an overview on what he has seen through the first half of the season, as well as preview the inaugural races at Gateway and at Portland. And then Double M, Michael Massey, will be joining us. Be recapping the Coke 600, best Coke 600 in at least three to four years, and preview, like Double A, the inaugural races at Gateway and at Portland. So without further ado, let's wave the green flag. Buggity, buggity, buggity. Let's go racing, boys. Green flag is out, Mr. Michael Massey. I'm telling you, folks, the stuff that he does to pick me off on a daily basis is unimaginable because I'm, I mean, I tell you anything he can do, he does it, but I still love him to death. Massey Coke 600 in the books. What a wild race. It was long and it was treacherous, but in the end, Denny Hamlin came out on top your overall reaction to the race first. Well, first off, my initial reaction to this podcast is you're saying I tick you off more than Adam Cheek? Oh, no, no one can. No one can make me more irritated than Adam. Not even anyone in the universe. And that's saying a lot. Adam, I love you, but you know, it's true, buddy. I I just do. Okay, carry on, Mass. But as for the race, I'm going to go bigger. You said the best Coke 600 in three or four years. I'd say at least you know, six or seven, maybe eight years. The last memorable Coca-Cola 600 I can remember is 2015 where you had Carl Edwards went on fuel mileage. Yeah. Uh, Before that, and that doesn't mean it was exciting racing. It just had a good finish. Uh, Before that, I don't know when the last time you had great, great racing, uh, maybe a decade ago. It's hard to say, but yeah, it's one of those races. It's a crown jewel but it had lost a lot of its luster over the years because it's just been dull. I mean, the, the moment that kind of sent it on a downward trajectory was Martin Truex Jr. 2016 leading 392 of the 400 laps in maybe one of the worst races in the modern era of NASCAR. Um, But yeah, so it was good to see, You had an exciting race. Nobody dominated. Ross Chastain led the most laps. He only led 150. What did he lead? 153. 153. And so, I mean, that's out of 400. Out of 413 by when it was all said and done. So, that's not a a dominant performance by any means. He didn't lead half the laps. So, it just shows how many comers and goers there were. Denny Hamlin only led 15 laps. And yet he won from the pole. <laughs> so that just shows how wild of a night it was uh, there in Charlotte. I mean, when you have three leaders within the first 10 laps, you know it's going to be a wild race. 18 caution flags. There was 31 lead changes among 13 drivers and over five hours. I don't want it every week, Massey, but if there's once a year, it can be over five hours. 
at least it's a 600 this in this case a 619 mile race at least it was on this evening where it was good racing and not just a long long night yeah and that's where the crown jewels should be they should be the longest of the season i think if you got rid of more of the 500 mile races than the daytona 500 the southern 500 and the coca-cola 600 was stand out more there would be more endurance fest uh because drivers wouldn't be used to going 500 miles as much uh and yeah we that's what we saw the coca-cola 600 used to be an endurance race it used to be long i used to be drivers would get out and they'd be they'd look like they're about to die they were so exhausted and the car that's if their car could make it the full 600 miles a lot of times it didn't back in the day uh, then we got to a point where everything was so durable and the drivers were so comfortable in the cars and, and you know the cars were just easy to drive that they looked like they could go 600 more miles you know through the through the gen 6 car but now we've got the gen 7 car it is harder to drive it is less forgiving when drivers make mistakes that led to a lot of wrecks uh, so we saw 20 cars finish the race out of 37 that started it. So almost half the field was out by the end of it. That shows the kind of attrition we had. And that, that's what I, what I like. And uh, Mazzy, I think it's good though. I, I like having mechanical failures. I like having uh, engines sometimes blow because that makes these cars destructible. That means these cars are not absolutely uh, man powered machines where nothing will break. And they're absolutely uh, going to be fine for however many uh, miles that they have to race on. Sometimes they're just going to be burnt out. And I, I like it. And like you said, 20 people were involved in wrecks. You had great finishes. Ricky Stenhouse Jr., seventh, could have even potentially won. Under 10 to go, he was in the top five. Michael McDowell, eighth. Harrison Burton, 11th. Ty Dillon, 13th. All had great, great runs. So um, overall, I love absolutely love what I've seen. Um, you mentioned the significance of Denny Hamlin um, winning a crown jewel. Here's Let's hear from Denny Hamlin. And this is him after the race in the post-race presser talking about the significance of having the Coca-Cola 600 on his resume. The Coke 600 is, is way up there. And I've had 17 tries at it and haven't won it until today. So it's just, uh, it means a lot. Massey, he like he said this was one that he's been wanting a long time won the daytona 500 three times the southern 500 five times can we officially say he is the greatest nascar driver to not win a championship yet well i think he's got two he's either got two or three wins before he passes junior johnson junior johnson right now as far as wins he's the greatest without a championship but i mean junior's got six championships as an owner so you can kind of put an asterisk next to him uh, so yeah i do think when it's all said and done denny i think he'll pass that mark this year i think he'll be the greatest without no no, no. i think he'll be <laughs> he's gonna get a championship this year he's not he's not gonna be the greatest without a championship after this year because yeah i think that he's my pick oh okay he's we're okay <laughs> wow I, listen we, we do these pre-race uh we do these pre-show meetings and that was nowhere on the agenda for him to pick a championship <laughs> favorite, but hey, uh, spontaneous pick. I, I like it. Right I just there. completely changed direction mid sentence, <laughs> <laughs> and it's just the way his season is gone. It just feels like it's his year finally. 
Well, I mean, like we saw when he won, what was it, nine races or something? He was just dominating, and then he just faded out. Maybe, maybe it is good for him just to win two to three races, and then and be there at the end rather than. I mean, my favorite team is Golden State. They won seventy three games a few years ago, but they didn't win the NBA Finals. And yep. So maybe it's just you get burnt out a little bit. Maybe that's that's his recipe and what he needs to do for Phoenix uh, come uh, early November to get the job done. We'll have to see wait what happens, though. But um, any final thoughts, though, on um, the Coke 600 before we talk with Fox Sports' Adam Alexander? Yeah, so it, it was it was a great race, as we mentioned. Danny finally gets that, that last crown jewel check mark. It's big for him also because he's a Coca-Cola driver. I'm yeah. sure I'm sure that Coca-Cola stresses to their drivers before that race. One of you guys got to win this. Uh, it looked like Daniel Suarez could be the guy for a little bit. Uh, but Suarez, Bubba Wallace, they need some new pit crews. And that damaged vehicle policy has to change. That, that's all I got. I, I think for um, the pit crews i was listening to door bumper clear and the thing is um they supply the pit crews from joe gibbs racing so whatever pit crew that joe gibbs racing doesn't want to give uh to the their big four they give their to 2311 so essentially it's the fifth and the sixth the worst and the second to worst pit crew from jgr goes to 2311 so no matter what they're basically getting the scraps. And I think that's just going to take time, I think. I mean, as 2311 is just in their second year. So I think it just takes time for that. But, yeah, I'm with you. It, time and time again, it, it feels like uh, Bubba Walsh had good runs, and then that screws up. Damage vehicle policy thing is a totally different level. We'll get into that maybe down the road. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, the, the pit crew is definitely an issue for the 23. Well, well is, it, is it fifth and sixth best, or is it eighth and ninth best? Because now I need to check and see, but I know a lot of teams are using different pit crews in Xfinity than they are in Cup. So Gibbs could be given 2311 and <laughs> they're the ones that are worse than the Xfinity pit crew if they're using <laughs> separate guys for Cup and Xfinity. If that's the case, and Kurt Busch's win at Kansas makes it a whole lot more, more impressive. I mean, my <laughs> goodness. Um, We'll discuss that a different day, but right now, let's dive into our interview with Fox Sports' Adam Alexander. Right now, folks, at this time, I'm going to bring to the program this man. He has risen from the ranks of graduating at the University of Evansville. He started from the bottom at Indianapolis Motor Speedway, went to MRN. Then he's at Fox Sports, currently the host of NASCAR Race Hub and the play-by-play guy for the NASCAR Xfinity Series, the one, the only... Adam Alexander at double A. What's going on, buddy? Not much, man. Thanks for that great intro, Brian. I appreciate it. <laughs> Not a problem, my friend. Now, last week, before we dive into uh, this upcoming weekend, last week, you kind of had a little bit of a different role. The driver's only contest. Kevin Harvick was taking your place. Um, two questions on that. First off, what advice do you give Kevin Harvick on not how to do your job, but just some of the ways that you do your job? And then um, one of the compliments that I've seen for you on Twitter is just how well you gel with different personalities in the booth. We see Joey Logano um, often in the booth, and then you see Eric Jones in the booth like once or twice, and yet you have the same chemistry with them almost alike. How do you gel with different rotating analysts week in and week out? And then what advice did you give Happy Harvick? When it comes to Harvick, this is the fifth year he's done it. 
and and I remember year one going and, and spending an afternoon with him the week prior to the race and going over the, the stat sheet that I use and everything that, that I put into my preparation and passing that to him, the things that I'm thinking as I go to break, the, the little nuggets that I like to share to educate the audience uh, in a particular broadcast. I, I gave him every trick I've ever known, tried to shorthand it and, and put him in the best position possible for success. And the one thing I told him is, is I do my preparation and I handwrite everything out. Once I handwrite it, I remember it most of the time. And so you have this sheet in front of you that ultimately you never use. And after that first year, Kevin figured out, you know what, it's, it's really not about the prep work and what you have on a paper. It's about being familiar with the material and facilitating the conversation. And I really think since year one and that first time of experience, what it's like experiencing what it's like in that seat, he felt much better about the process, much more comfortable. And so really I'm there as moral support, but I have not done much to help those guys other than be in the back of the room the last four years. Uh, when it comes to, to gelling with the personalities, to me, the, the greatest gift of having guest analysts every week for me has been the opportunity to develop relationships with drivers in the Cup Series. And I feel like my personality doesn't change. I'm going to be who I'm going to be. And, and so that probably just makes my life that much easier and makes them much more comfortable. And that's what allows us to gel. And, you know, over the years, I've, I've seen a lot of these guys kind of grow up through the ranks and you interview them in a garage and, and I've always tried to be supportive of them as drivers. And so once they come up as analysts, I, I think it's a pretty natural thing for us to gel together. It's cool to see just like the progression that we, we have seen. Like, like I said, Eric Jones only one to two starts, but like you got the naturals like Joey Logano and Ryan Blaney that each week they're getting better and better and better. It, it's fun to watch as just as a, a viewer. It's cool to see that not only can they drive, but they can also talk about racing as well. You know, it's funny is, is I went back earlier this year, I, I was doing an interview and, and I won't get the number right, but we were doing an interview about uh, the guest analyst thing. And the first year we did this was 2015. So I, I went back and I pulled up the 2015 Daytona 500 and I just looked at the results and I counted the number of drivers in the 2015 Daytona 500 that I have either done a race with or have been in the studio with because many of these guys uh, and some of them exclusively are on race hub and, and they don't do the race broadcast. But I think it was 25 drivers that were in the, the 2015 Daytona 500 that have played some role with us at Fox. I've, I've done a show with, done a race with, whatever. So I, I think that speaks to how aggressive we have been in, in reaching out to the NASCAR community and trying to get them involved in what we're doing at Fox. That is that that's incredible. 25. That, that's wild. Um, that one race. Exactly. Exactly. Just that's crazy to think about um, just in a seven year in a seven year time stretch. That, that's wild. Double uh, A, let, let's move from the TV side of things to the racing side of things. Um, you, like myself, watch every single race. So your biggest surprises and disappointments so far of the NASCAR Cup Series through the first 14, 15 races so far. Yeah, I, you know, the biggest surprise for me is probably going to coincide with with the biggest surprise for, for many others. And, and I would say that's track house racing. And, and I know Daniel Suarez hasn't won, but I, I think we all know, just take the Coke 600. I mean, most people would say they had the best car. Obviously, it didn't work out. Best car doesn't always win. 
but but I think that's a perfect illustration of where they are with their program. And you look at what Ross Chastain has been able to do and winning twice, but it's it's not just that those guys are are you know have won races, which is always going to garner the, the headlines. It's the way they're winning them. I mean, they're putting up you know those Hendrick type numbers with laps led in a race. They're winning stages. It's it's pretty amazing to me. I mean, Ross is tied for the most playoff points right now with William Byron. He's got two wins. He's got three stage wins. They each have 13 playoff points. So I think those kinds of numbers speak to where that program is. And, and I just don't care who you are or what kind of intel you had going into the season. There's no way you anticipated them to be this good, this competitive, and, and be in a position, quite honestly, in the form of Ross Chastain to go out and not only make the playoffs, but, but make a run deep into the postseason because of all those playoff points. You know, the disappointments are always hard, but but I would say that, you know, Chase Briscoe is a huge surprise at Stuart Haas. You know, their program overall maybe has been a bit surprising, and maybe Ford is a manufacturer. I, I think when you look, you know, Austin Sendrick wins the Daytona 500, and, and that's great. Uh, Austin Sendrick wins at Phoenix, and that was awesome. You know, beyond that, they, they've struggled a little bit, certainly, in the Ford camp and, and maybe in particular at Stuart Haas. And so that's been a, a surprise to me on the, on the other side of the ledger. We were talking uh, uh, before uh, we did this interview uh, on, on the podcast uh, with my co-host, Michael Massey, that it's been very, very disappointing. And for my personal opinion, with Stuart Haas, because besides Chase Briscoe, the 41 has been absolutely dreadful. Kevin Harvick, I mean, he did get a third last week, but he's been nowhere near the front. And then Eric Amarola had a good start to the season but he's been dreadful as well. So is there something more in depth at Stuart Haas that's struggling that we don't know about or just what, what's the big, what's the biggest thing that you've seen so far? I, I really, you know, couldn't pinpoint it. And it's, it's, you know, it's probably not my area to analyze why teams do or, or don't have speed. Uh, but, but I would say that, you know, the one thing Kevin Harvick has done is despite the fact that they haven't had that incredible speed and those competitive race cars, he's found a way. And, you know, if the yeah. playoffs started today, you know, he would be in the playoffs. You, you mentioned the hot start for Eric Almirola. Um, you know, some of it maybe is not as much about SHR as it is about the competition. You know, if you had two players from, from Trackhouse that are playoff contenders, you know, there, there's give and take, right? And, and someone's going to be on the outside of somebody below you know, jumps up and becomes a part of that equation. So I, I would say it's a mix of both them not being where they want to be number one and number two, some other teams maybe that we didn't anticipate being there that have kind of replaced those positions and, and not made them available. And, you, you know, I'll say that Briscoe's obviously in the playoffs. I think Harvick will do what it takes to get there. I think when you look at some of the tracks, Eric Almirola is, is someone that could be a player and, and I think they did as an organization show some signs in the Coke 600 that would give you hope that maybe they're turning a corner and being a, a little more competitive for the second half of the regular season. Fox Sports' Adam Alexander joins the program here, the Front Stretch podcast with Brian Nolan. Adam, a couple of more things here before we let you go. Let's dive into this weekend. Two brand new races for the Cup Series and then the Xfinity Series. Let's start with the Cup Series since um, we'll since you are calling the Xfinity Boys. The Cup Series heading to worldwide technology. Most uh, people know it as Gateway. What are the expectations here? I mean, the Truck Series have run here. The Xfinity Boys have run here for a while now. This basically is a brand new circuit for the cup guys. So your overall thoughts and uh, what should we be expecting? 
I don't know that I would call it a wild card. Many times I, I think we, we look at a new track and the unknowns that come with that and, and make it a little bit of a wild card. I'm, I'm not you know here to say that anybody can win this race and, and we're going to get some big shock on, on Sunday afternoon. I, I think the guys that have been fast probably are, are going to be fast on Sunday. And, and even though it's a new track, many of the drivers in the field have experience here, whether it, it was in a Camping World Truck Series or, or back in the day when we were running the Xfinity cars there. I, I think nine guys in the field Sunday have won in, in one of the lower tiered series. So, so some guys have not only been there, they've experienced success there. You know, I've heard the turns in one and two are like Martinsville. The overall track is like Phoenix. If you look at it from an aerial, it, it's similar to Darlington. I think it is a, a mix and match of a lot of different facilities and it's a short race, only 300 miles. And, uh, you know, it's tight and, and there's, there will be a lot that goes into winning this race. I feel like track position could be a very big thing on Sunday afternoon. It, it is a lot, but I'm curious to see how aggressive guys can be in passing it. And, and with that, the best way to pass might be to, to get after someone. So I, I'm very anxious to see what kind of a race this produces. I'm excited about the new market. I, I think St. Louis is a tremendous sports town. I, you know, you mentioned my time in Evansville, Indiana, which is just a, a couple of hours away from St. Louis. So I love this region, the country. Uh, I'm a big uh, St. Louis, you know, sports fan and the way they, they do their business over there and how passionate their fan bases are. And I'm happy to see them, you know, get NASCAR in their backyard for the first time at the top level. 240 laps, 300 miles, 3.30 p.m. Eastern, Sunday, Fox Sports 1, the Enjoy Illinois 300. Adam, last thing here before I let you go, you will be on the call with Trevor Bain, Jamie McMurray for the inaugural race from Portland. First ever race for the Xfinity Boys. First race in Portland for the big three since 2000, since Andy Houston won. Is this basically just A.J. Allmendinger and then the rest of the field because he's won at a cart uh, during a cart race in 2005 at Portland? Um, is, this just Port is this just A.J. and then the rest of the field? It's it's hard to, to see it any other way. And, and I do think AJ has a decided advantage and, and not just because of his experience there in cart, you know, several years ago. I, I just think, you know, he is proven when it comes to road racing, he is is elevated and, and quite capable anywhere we go. I mean, you know, look at a cup race at Coda. He starts in the back, drives all the way through and, and nearly wins that thing. So I I think that speaks to just how good he is at this style of racing. 19 career starts on road courses in the Xfinity Series, 16 top fives, seven Jeez. wins. It, it, it's, it's remarkable. So there's no doubt he's the runaway favorite. He would probably argue that, but, but he's the guy. I think after that, though, this track is difficult, and it's very narrow, and, and it's fairly short. And I, I think lap traffic could play a, a role on Saturday. I think restarts, and I think we'll have many of them because I, I think the caution number could be high. So I think restarts could be big into turn one. I mean, that, that chicane at, at turn one, two, three is, is treacherous. It's tight. So there are a lot of factors that will go into this race. Uh, the guys from Junior Motorsports will be strong, I'm sure, as they have been all year. you got to watch Ty Gibbs. But, but there is little doubt. If you were to lay down some money in Vegas, you'd have to, to put a big bunch of money down to win much on A.J. Allmendinger because he's the big favorite. It's going to be fun. I'm totally excited to get down to Portland. 4.30 p.m. Eastern, Saturday, 75 laps. It's a short race. 
Adam, like I said, will be on the call with Jamie McMurray and Trevor Bain. Adam, thank you so much for coming on. Let's have you on again, probably right before the playoffs to uh, preview the playoffs, as well as dive into some more Xfinity chat. Sounds good. Thanks, Brian. Adam Alexander, host of NASCAR Race Hub and play-by-play guy for the NASCAR Xfinity Series. You can follow Adam on Twitter at Adam1Alexander. Big thanks to Double A. Always appreciate him hanging out with us. Once again, the Pacific Office Automation 147 at Portland International Raceway. 4.30 p.m. Eastern, FS1 qualifying will be 8.05 p.m. Eastern on Friday. Both of those you can find on Fox Sports 1. I'll be out there. I'm totally excited for it. Uh, it's going to be absolutely it's beyond fun. Um, we'll dive into that in just a little bit. Let's dive into Gateway um, right here, right now. 240 laps, 300 miles for the NASCAR Cup Series and their inaugural race to worldwide technology, more known as Gateway. Um, overall, your thoughts on Gateway as a whole. We've seen Xfinity race there over the years. We've seen trucks race over the years. Never, though, the Cup Series. That changes, though, on Sunday when they invade St. Louis, Missouri. Your reaction? Yeah, I've never really been a huge fan of Gateway. I don't think it produces amazing racing or anything so i was kind of shocked when i saw it added to this cup schedule this year obviously it's good to get a race in the st louis market i think that's an untapped area uh that nascar has not really waded into those waters too much uh so hopefully there's a good crowd good turnout uh for finally getting rewarded a cup date uh but and hopefully the next gen car we've seen it race well on tracks that don't put together good racing charlotte motor speedway kansas speedway las vegas motor speedway <laughs> we, we've seen some great racing at those you know bigger than a mile tracks uh and gateway is bigger than a mile uh so we could see the car produce some some good racing there again um oh i forgot to mention the asterisk there for texas motor speedway it didn't provide better racing there but that's a whole other topic <laughs> you, that was probably a good thing that you didn't mention that michael let's be honest we kind of don't want to remember that race for a multitude of reasons out. exactly <laughs> um with that being said like you said um 15 races for the nascar xfinity series among the notable winners brad keselowski carl edwards reed Sorensen, and then uh in the most notable um, one where he spun out Brad Keselowski. Keselowski uh, was turned into like a torpedo um, going every which way. Um, ended up with just the W. I mean, Deeron went all the checkered flag and he got checkered flag. So um, Edwards won three races. Keselowski's won. Kyle Busch has won. And then in the trucks, you have Ross Chastain has won. Justin Haley, Bubba Wallace, Christopher Bell, Cole Custer. So there's a lot of Cup Series drivers, Adam. Not Adam. Oh, my gosh. That's probably the biggest insult of your career. <laughs> I know. I was going to say probably biggest insult of your career. That's probably the biggest. Uh, so, Michael, there's a lot of drivers that have experience on this racetrack, even though it has not been in a Cup Series car. Yeah, yeah. And track time is always helpful. You know, it doesn't matter if the car is different or not. Just that experience being able to to show up and know, you know, wh where to go, where to, uh, where the garage is, just er everything about the track already is going to help those guys that have experience there, I think. Uh, but it, it's also a whole different animal 
because it's a whole different vehicle from what they've driven on before. Uh, so nobody's got a huge leg up. They might have a very tiny advantage for having been to the track before, but uh, I, it's hard to say anybody has like a huge, because like, even like you're saying Brad Keselowski was really good there. Uh, a lot of the others that were good there in Xfinity don't really drive anymore unless Carl Edwards makes a surprise last second WWE style. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, you know how awesome that would be though. Coming oh, through man. the, from the curtain in the back is, is music playing beep, and then you see Carl. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I mean, even but, if it's just for like practicing qualifying, since the only double duty driver is a Jalmendinger and he'll have to, uh, he's probably not going to ha- be able to practice and qualify his car on Saturday because the race will be, uh, early in the afternoon uh in portland so they will need a reserve driver i'm i'm just saying i'm just saying michael i think that would be underneath carl though to come yeah, back to I know, practice qualify college car but uh that, so keselowski was one of the most successful there in xfinity of the guys left and he's not gonna win on sunday i don't think his car is good enough to to win yet rfk still has a long ways to go so it really is a race that's that's kind of up for grabs. We don't have any clear-cut favorites this year like we did with Kyle Larson last year. Now we've got three drivers tied with two wins apiece in Ross Chastain, William Byron, and Denny Hamlin. So we're still waiting for somebody to step up and, and take it this year. Uh, so, yeah, uh, who knows? <laughs> the, the contender might step forward this week and win a gateway. All right, Michael, it's time. Portland International Raceway. I will be there. Maybe it's because I'm so excited because I will be there. That is why we're talking about this last. The NASCAR Xfinity boys will be racing there for the first ever time. Last time that a big three series in NASCAR attend this uh, racetrack, 2000. Michael, I will give you some money. I can't reveal how much money I'll give him. If you can name the last winner at portland international raceway i'll give you a hint it was in 2000 2000 for xfinity xfinity for the truck series truck Truck series truck series i'm gonna guess ron fellows incorrect hickory north carolina's andy houston oh i know uh (laughs) greg biffle also won here um but 1.99 mile racetrack Beyond Stoke to get to this place. The Pacific Northwest has been wanting um, a race for many, many years. There was rumors about it. In, NTT IndyCar Series came here three years ago. They've never left. Um, very, very impressive. Well, I should correct myself. They weren't there in 2020 due to the pandemic, but they came back in 2021. So they have had three races there. Cart um, Series came there, which has the winner in 2006 in the field on Saturday your overall thoughts on the Pacific Northwest getting a race I know it's the Xfinity series it's not the cup series boys but still very it's a nice step in the right direction for NASCAR fans in the Pacific Northwest Michael yeah yeah for sure um I'm curious what the turnout will be Mm -hmm. I you know because that's a big thing people have been saying for years there should be a race in the Pacific Northwest um so now it's up to the fans Right. If they don't turn out, then who knows if the series goes back there or not. And I kind of thought uh, that 
NASCAR try to make something happen in Seattle or, you know, somewhere in Washington before in Portland, Oregon, just because we've seen a lot of drivers, Casey Kane, uh, come from the wash, come from Washington state and, uh, but Biffle's from there too, right? Uh, Vancouver. Vancouver. Okay. Yeah. So we've seen that there's a racing presence in Washington. I'm sure they've got fans there just from Casey Kane alone. Uh, so that feels like an untapped market. I'm shocked they did, that they went to Portland and not Washington state, but we'll see. I'm excited for it. It's just something new, something different. And it's a road course. I mean, I'm curious to see who finishes second to AJ Allmendinger. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest. He's won <laughs> before in the cart series in 2005 there. He led hundred out of the 104 laps it looks like, and, and we asked Adam about that and how, if any of that experience from that cart race can translate to um, sat this weekend, Friday and Saturday. Um, so just overall, it looks like it's his race to lose. A couple interesting um, uh, drivers in the field. We have an elementary uh, PE teacher who's going to be in the field driving for RSS Racing and Darren Drill. He's also a road course specialist. Um, Greg Alding returns in the number six car. Um, and then you got the uh, double duty driver and AJ Allmendinger going to go back and forth from Gateway to Portland. Um, last thing, Michael, before we dive into our picks, what does this weekend need to be in order for expectations to, to uh, have been achieved as well as a potential cup date? in 2023 and beyond uh well, well first i was gonna say one other thing that gives Almendinger an advantage is i don't believe iRacing has portland okay. the portland track uploaded so these guys that get their reps from doing that they don't get that they're going in blind so those guys with experience at this track are going to have an even bigger advantage part of why i say who's gonna finish second to Almendinger. you want but, even a bigger blindness there's rain in the forecast friday and saturday so no oh, one knows what's gonna happen but to answer your question i would think that i don't want to say sell out because i don't know what is a sellout at a road course yeah you know you could just pack people around there's so many places but i think it just needs that wild vibe like Watkins Glen normally has. It needs that a road America last year. Uh, you know, both of those, they packed out the place and just looked like people were having a great time, uh, you know, just grilling out, camping, tailgating, doing all, watching some racing. Uh, just seemed like the place to be for those weekends. Um, so that's the way Portland has to be. It can't be empty crowd shots and which is too bad the weather's going to hurt that the weather will probably hurt the crowd but and then on top of that we need great racing we can't have just uh you know a, a race where nobody can pass anybody and or it's just a bunch of wrecks and they run the whole thing under caution because we already know that nascar doesn't know how to handle road course cautions as is so we don't need any <laughs> like a surplus of wrecks so yeah <laughs> little shade right there my friend a little shade i'm just um, saying that we're you know it'd be like a two two hour race three hour race something like that i'm gonna guess that hour and a half of it's gonna be caution laps well luckily for <laughs> us it's only a 1.9 uh nine mile 
road course. It's not like a four mile like Road America is. So um, it will be good in that aspect of it. Um, so I'm looking forward to it. I think, um, like you said about the crowd, the only thing would be the weather and Portland Timbers, their MLS soccer team, they're off the Portland Thorns, the ladies uh, uh, FC soccer team, they're on the road. So there's no professional sports in Portland um, this upcoming weekend. So with that being said, there's uh, other than the rain, um, there's nothing that is stopping Port, Portland, Portlandians, Oregonians, however you want to, <laughs> however you want to call them, um, from attending this inaugural race for the NASCAR Xfinity Series. Last but not least, let's dive in to our picks, Mister Michael Massey. Since you are the guest, I'll have you go first. Let's start in Portland. I think I got a pretty good sense on where you're going to be going. Who's you're going to be your pick to win in the Pacific Northwest? <laughs> I've already said him, haven't I? Uh, I? I feel like you can't stray away from AJ Allmendinger this week. I mean, you could, but then you'd be wrong. So, yeah. <laughs> See, I want to pick Allmendinger. I really do, but I can't choose what you choose that's just that's not cool um so with that being said i think he's gonna get taken out on the very last lap last um Ooh. yeah i know um i think um so with that being said i got the number nine car no gregson getting the job done dark horse though watch out for that 44 car andy lally the alpha oh. prime racing car is a decent car not the best definitely not the worst but he's always always in whatever car he is driven it to above expectations so watch out for andy lally in that 44 car hey i'll give you another dark horse uh okay. since almendinger was you know cherry picking pretty much pretty uh much. <laughs> yeah austin hill he finished second okay. to almendinger at coda so he's got a little road course talent looks fast in that 21 machine so okay i i, I can dig that i can dig that let's dive in all right michael last but not least worldwide technology like we said gateway inaugural racing 50-minute practice, so they will have a little bit more than normal qualifying, as, as regular as it is, and then the cup race Sunday afternoon. All righty, my friend, who's going to be winning the first-ever race for the Enjoy Illinois 300 at Worldwide Technology Raceway? Oh, I think with a new track, you get a younger driver winning the first one. I, let's go William Byron. Willie B, okay. William Byron is plus 1100 plus 1100. Okay. I like it. That is according to um, some odds checker.com um, via Jayski. I'm going to go with a guy that is plus 1600. And this guy, I don't know how I truthfully do not know how, but every time we go to a new track, every time we go to a new venue, he always gets the job done. The 22 car, Joey Logano wins. He wanted the clash. Uh, he won at Bristol Dirt last year. He gets the job done. He wins the inaugural race at Worldwide Technology. That's a solid pick. Well, thank you, Michael. I really appreciate that. <laughs> last but not least, let's dive it to the checkered flag and wrap up shop. Checkered flag, here I come. Oh, no! Checkered flag is out. Checkered flag is out. Michael, this is the part where we finish up our show. Any final thoughts, final words? If you want to rant, we can rant. This safe spot is yours for however you feel, so go for it. Yeah, I think we had a fantastic race weekend this past weekend, so there's no way we're going to have two in a row. <laughs> <laughs> 
So I'm setting the bar low, you know, low expectations, high reward. That's the way I'm going into Gateway. For many, many years, the NASCAR uh, fan base has been wanting a race in Pacific Northwest, Pacific Northwest, Pacific Northwest. Well, finally, on Saturday, they get their wish. And for fans like myself who live in the Northwest, not Pacific Northwest, but in the Northwest, I hopefully it goes well. Hopefully, the skies will open up, but no rain falls. Maybe it's just barely cloudy. Great racing throughout, side by side, beating and banging, maybe even a little rain, actually, and, and gives the competitors uh, a little bit more trickiness, which creates better race. What I'd hope, though, I do not hope for a single foul, boring racing. That's absolutely dreadful. The Pacific Northwest fans deserve it. They want it. And I hopefully this race on Saturday proves that the PNW fans will show up. And in 2023, Pacific North, Northwest racing fans will get a NASCAR Cup Series date. PNW fans, I'm calling you out. Get your butt to Pacific International Raceway. See me there. And let's watch an awesome race. I'm excited. Hope you're excited. You can't make it. FS1 has a call. PNW, let's have some fun this weekend. Closing it out, Michael, it's always a pleasure, buddy. Where can we find you on the Twitter, the Instagram, and where can we find all of your content? Yeah, so all the content, of course, on frontstretch.com. Uh, the last thing I wrote was I wrote a sidebar uh, after the Coca-Cola 600 on Ricky Stenhouse Jr.'s. Four, four consecutive top 10 streak. The longest of his career, the longest of JTG, JTG Darty Racing. What a tongue twister of a race. Say it out five times fast. <laughs> uh, but And then you can follow me on M underscore Massey 22 on the Twitter and the Instagram. And that's it. He did not mention one thing, though, ladies and gentlemen. He wrote an absolutely scorching column about nascar and how they have to stop placing entertainment over safety fire on friday all the way from may the 26th it was fantastic and some of the some of the sentences some of the uh statements that he put straight fire oh my goodness somebody call sean kingston because fire is burning on the dance floor in the words of michael massey on frontstretch.com that is how we put a mid 2000s reference into the end of stock car scoop you know how we do it mr massey i know you're shaking your head my mother probably is going to be shaking her head when she hears that even though she won't understand but without further ado it's always a pleasure for everybody to support the program michael you're the best thank you so much for coming on and um let's have a great week of racing and uh, let's talk soon bro yeah thanks for having me on uh, it's always a good time on here it's a great time with davy and it's a even better time with my, my buddy, Brian Nolan here. Unbelievable. So. <laughs> Unbelievable. I love it. M underscore Massey 22. Michael, everybody at Front Stretch. I am Brian Timothy Nolan. Thank you so much for supporting the program. Stock Car Scoop every Monday and Friday. Front Stretch Podcast every Wednesday night. Available Apple Podcasts, Google Play, wherever you find platforms. For Michael and everybody at Front Stretch, I am Brian Nolan. Have a great week. We'll talk with you next week. Preview Sonoma. <laughs>